face-to-face, Healthy Relationship Talk Radio with one of the leading specialists and foremost authorities in healthy techniques in relationships. Learn why honor, beauty, leadership, and self-help is important for your empowerment. Get practical information on why you attract your opposite with balancing self-love and health. Also, listen to proven strategies to avoid major interrelationship mistakes that keep you bonded and push people away. Now, here's your relationship specialist and host, Daia Six. All right, you guys. Hola, como esta usted? To all of my Spanish speakers, what's up? How are you all doing today? Listen, if you've had challenging times where when I ask that question, you become a little down or disturbed, know that I'm asking because I genuinely want to know. I love you guys. If you want to tell me, all you have to do is go to Facing Relationships with an S.com and let me know. And yes, I do read all the emails you guys send me. And you guys, those that who um, sent me emails, you know that I respond as well. And I pray that all of you are doing well because I really love you guys. Also, remember that when you are going through that type of stuff, Whatever you are going through, tomorrow is another day. And a step closer to getting rid of any problems that you may have, you just have to keep at it, right? That's what life is about. Other than that, welcome to -to Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. And for those of you who are not aware of who I am, I am your relationship specialist and host, Daia Six. And we have a lot to talk about, okay? Today's topic is... Okay, who wants to know today's topic? Who's salivating? Who wants to know? Who wants to know? It is your relationship with the one you love. Yummy, yummy. Those type of topics I can never, ever, ever like get enough of. (laughs) Okay, there is nothing worse though than being in a relationship and feeling like you are alone. Oh my gosh, I've been there. I've done that. Oh my God, I've just had a flashback. (laughs) But guess what? I will never, ever return to that space ever. So I want to encourage you all that you do not have to settle or be unhappy in any relationship. Okay? But give yourself a round of applause because you're in good hands. This is a show that is dedicated to empowering you and supporting you while helping you develop the strength you need to make the best decisions for yourself. You know what? We always bring you the best qualified guests right here. Anyways, your relationship with your loved one, let's talk about it right here, right now. Because today, we have someone that can help us out. Our guest today is a licensed psychotherapist born and raised in England. He's witnessed it all. He's helped hundreds of teens, adults, and couples thrive as their teacher as their mentor, and as their leadership trainer. And like myself, he's endured disastrous relationships and his own experience has helped him to emphasize and assist others. And he was also a cast as a real-life marriage therapist in the Fox show some of you may have seen called Marriage 911. He helped save a marriage on the rock in just one week. Now that is a good relationship coach. That's a good therapist, okay? I know because when I know that I do it, I know I work my butt off to do it. And you got to know what you're doing in order to, you know, in order to accomplish that. 
and added, he was also featured as therapist and life coach to Brad Womack on season 15 of The Bachelor on ABC. And guess what? We have him right here. We're going to pick his brain a bit and adapt a few keys on how to find the right person for yourself. You guys, welcome to the show, our guest, Mr. Jamie Green. How are you? How are you, hey. Mr. Green? Oh, nice. What a lovely introduction. I'm good. Thank you. Oh, thank good to be you. here. Oh, I'm so happy that you are here, you know, because I never get enough taste in my mouth when it comes to relationship, relationship issues, finding new ways to improve them or anything like that, you know? Sure. So I wanted to have you on the show because I know that you are qualified to help my listeners, you know, figure out some of the things or should I say some of the conflictual things that, you know, they endure in their relationships. And that's not just only with the people you love, Mr. Green. It, it could be with a sister. It could be with a, you know, a, a brother, a friend, whatever the case may be. Sure. But, you know, um, one thing. <laughs> you and I have in common is that, you know, I also deal with uh, parents and, and teens and children, you know, like that, because, you know, we got to make this love thing go around, you know, thank goodness for people like us that can help those that are in need. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what I want to do though, is I want to give my listeners a taste of who you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just so that they can uh, pretty much understand where you're coming from. And, yeah. you know, we'll talk about how you even got into you know, what you do, you know, why does it make your heart pump, you know, and things like that. So let's yeah. see, let's take us back a little bit yep. to when you endured maybe your first disastrous relationship. <laughs> and then let's go into, because, you know, those, those are really, you know, even though at the time they weren't fun moments, but they're educational moments, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so do you want to start there? Yeah, totally. Are you kidding? I mean, it's the it's the story of my life because it's how I became a therapist. So right. <laughs> I will tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tie in, I'll tie in my my background with coming to um, Los Angeles when I was an Englishman, and wow. and this one relationship and how I became who I am thirty years later, thirty four years later. So basically, the, the the backstory is I came out to LA. I was in boarding school in England. I'm in English. I went to boarding school since I was eleven, and I moved out to LA. I went to Pepperdine. University in Malibu, right? And uh, and I did my undergrad in sports medicine, and I spent three years rushing through a four-year degree. I got out, and in that last year, I was technically supposed to go back to England, and I just was house sitting for an actor in Pacific Palisades and just having a grand old time. And the story is, I was on my way to see an Elton John concert with a buddy, uh, driving up Sunset to Universal Amphitheater at the time, uh -huh. and we dropped, we popped in the Chin Chin on Sunset, which is kind of a cool hang. And on the way, and I literally fell in love with the hostess, who was like the all-American girl, my boarding school dream. And so I came, I came back after the show, uh, connected with her, and moved in within about two weeks, which tells you some idea of the, the, the ridiculous, like, um, addictive love fest that was going on. And, uh, and through, this is a very long story that I'll keep very short, but basically, this, this became the, one of the most codependent relationships of all time. So it turned out she had a freebasing cocaine little problem uh -huh. <laughs> it was all yeah. the rage in 1986 which you know and i never i never did drugs i was never around it she never did it around me but it was a it was a backstory she'd mentioned she'd been in rehab several months before for it and gradually over the course of probably four or five months she kind of slipped back into it and mm -hmm. the long and short of it is that she went back into rehab while i was her boyfriend and i it, it was like i was a very naive 21 year old 
who had the rug completely pulled out because I had no idea what the hell was going on. It was the most confusing, awful time. Um, a lot of trauma and betrayal and she was pregnant with someone else's baby. I mean, it was, it was one nightmare after another. And yes. so, but, but in that two week stay of her kind of follow up relapse program that she went to, I was introduced to codependency. I was kind of realized that I had some issues of my own getting into such an addictive relationship with someone who was an addict. And, you know, the academic in me really was, was fascinated to try to understand what this whole thing was about. So rather than go back to England, I was buying time to stay in the country and I went on to UCLA to to become a certified alcoholic drug counselor. So that basically my, my way of understanding what was going on was to was to study the neurochemistry because that I relate to. That's why I give you my sports medicine background. I'm fascinated with that stuff. That made more sense to me. If I can understand the physiological aspect of it, then I can get my head around the fact that she just lied to me and told me I was her soulmate, you know, while or doing all the stuff she was doing. So it, it literally was a complete fork in the road that changed my life because from that point forward, I became fascinated with this whole thing. I eventually got over the relationship and I went on to be a marriage, family, child therapist and never looked back, you know, and I started a practice. And I, so I kind of fell into therapy. It was not what I ever set out to do. It was a combination of trying to figure out my own like chaos in relationship, um, as well as wanting to find a way to stay in the country. Uh, by the way, what I was doing before that was I was an eighties pop drummer. I was a session drummer, so I don't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. You know, ah, I, didn't, I, I love. Yeah. You know what? I love the fact that you know, I love the drums. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> it's, it's, it really <laughs> is. I love. Yep. I studied drums and stuff in high school, and I was really good at it naturally. I love the drums. So cool. kudos to you. Look at that. We have something else in common. Yep. All go. right. But but look how but look how but look how the world just set up the design for you, though. Right. Exactly. You know, you went through it. And and for some reason, you know, they say, you know, give, <laughs> you know, let God know, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to be spiritual here, but yeah. let God know your plans and he'll laugh yeah. at you. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that just fell right into your lap, like like pretty much everything else that we came here to do. Right. 100%. OK. So that was you know what? I love hearing stories like that because a lot of times those type of relationships that we're in always set us up for something greater, better, and more improved, whether, you know, whether we believe it or not, it always does. That's why, you know, I say, you know what, endure every relationship, accept it, learn from it and move on if you choose, you know? Okay. So, okay. So now after all of that, right. Yep. And you came here to the States, you know, you, you figured out that, Hey, this is where I want to be. This is where, you know, I wanted to, um, you know, that you want to practice. All right. And so now my question is, how did you get into the field of like literally wanting to help relationships? Was it that experience or do you think you just had a heart for it? I think honestly, uh, the, the honest answer is I was trying to figure myself out. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and the, the interesting thing about marriage from marriage, family, and child therapy, as opposed to clinical psychology, marriage, family, child therapy, the master's degree is all based on a deep exploration and understanding of your own development and your own family history and Mm -hmm. kind of breaking away from that and delving deeply into your own process. So it's like going on a deep, deep self-discovery program, you know, which is great because we should all, we should all do that. You know, whether you use that as as a career or not, that was powerful. And, um, 
And so from there, I was just fascinated to understand human nature. It just really was always fascinating to me. So um, that's where it started. And I just really, you know, I'm a very compassionate, very empathetic kind of person. So it was never about wanting to be a therapist. It was about wanting to understand people. And so I struggled for a lot of it because I was kind of ambivalent uh, in this field as a therapist, to be honest. It's only when I... um, you know, as years went on, I got a little bit more experience that I started to figure out what my gift is, which would end up being teaching. So there was a nine-year stint where I actually went on and was a Kabbalah teacher for nine years. So I started teaching oh, Kabbalah. Really? Then, Kabbalah? Yeah, yeah. And then I was a leadership trainer and I got involved in men's work 20 years ago. So what's brought me to what I do now, uh, eight years ago, I I came out. Wait, of, you know what? You know what, Jamie? Hold on, right, right there, because we're getting ready to come up on the tunes. You guys, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna start right there. We're gonna go ahead and um, pull up exactly where we left off. Stay tuned. More, we have uh, Jamie Green, and we're gonna get into the good stuff in just a second. All right. Cool. Stay connected with Daia Six for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques. Right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention, ladies. Have you ever wanted to create a successful platform and a voice for yourself? Do you believe in leadership, diversity, and equality? If you're between the ages of 18 to 30, by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant invites you. Come compete and represent your country in the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty. And the first to do it globally. Teach the world while serving your community. Imagine yourself being the planet's Miss Indigenous. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Go to MissIndigenous.com and apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. How much sleep is enough per night? Eight hours? Six hours? Studies show that people who sleep between six and a half and seven and a half hours per night live the longest. But sleep deprivation affects about 27% of U.S. adults. Time Magazine released a study showing how sleep and overeating are intertwined. The article cited a report from an American Heart Association conference that showed growing evidence that links healthy weight with getting adequate sleep. It showed that sleep deprivation is associated with overeating. In the study, people who were sleep deprived ate more than 500 additional calories a day. Adequate sleep is important for many reasons, but this research proves that proper sleep is imperative to maintaining a healthy weight. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. That's good stuff. All right, you guys, we are back with Mr. Jamie Green, who's going to give us all of this uh, tasteful information on, you know, how to keep relationships together. We're also going to talk about the four pillars to men and women. Okay, we're going to find out what those pillars are. It may not be what you think either. So, okay, so where we left off, Mr. Green, you said eight years ago. We can pick up from right there. I was just, yeah, I was saying that um, I've done many reinventions in my life in terms of how I work. So the the most recent uh, is eight years ago. What I did was I kind of shifted how I work and going from being a traditional therapist in a 
psychotherapy office into working more as a coach and a mentor where I now, I, I mean, yes, I'm a life coach, but I call myself more a mentor. I'm still a, yeah. still a licensed therapist, so that's really the, the credential I work under. But I don't work in an office. I go meet people in their lives. I'm in the trenches with them. So I work with my couples in their homes. So I go to CEOs and work with them in their businesses and their companies. And really what I do is more hands-on. So it's my, my name of my business is Off the Couch Consulting. So what I do, and, and that's about getting off the therapy couch, right? Because yeah. I used to be tr- very traditional psychotherapist where I'd see people on the couch twice a week and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So now it's really about getting in there, getting getting people the tools they need and getting them out of their own way, essentially. And that can be short term. I might see someone twice or three times. You know, I'm not doing long-term therapy. It's just a different approach now. Okay. Uh, having, having done that for many, many years, I just find this to be a lot more of what people need and a lot more of people have the time and patience and the money to do. So that's yeah. working out great. And that's where a lot of my programs come from. So the, the you know, what we, you and I talked about wanting to, for me to bring onto your show is what I call my alchemy in love program. Yes. So we can get into this a little bit. So alchemy in love, basically where this came from was over the years, I obviously worked with many, many, many women who get are very tired of the pattern of ending up with men who have commitment issues and they're not, they don't quite, they, they end up kissing a lot of frogs, you might say, right? They don't end yes. up being the men they thought they were. And so what I was basically showing these women over time was that, you know, they're, they're not really clear about who they're choosing, right? So, you know, they end up choosing men who don't really know what the hell they want. They're not really ready for commitment. They're kind of ambivalent. They're kind of immature. And the women end up finding something wrong with themselves. I'm wondering, what is it about me? And I keep saying, hey, if you're going to build your dream home, you better make sure the raw materials that you're, the raw materials that you're going to start with are not rotten. You're going to make sure you don't have rotten wood. You know, you're going to make sure yeah. you know what, what you're looking for. So the four pillars of a man was the way I was talking to them about, look, here are the four essential qualities. And I'm just distilling it down to four. There's probably a lot okay. more. Okay. But there's four qualities you've got to make sure you do not compromise, that you recognize the man who you're potentially – um, dating has. Okay. So okay. I can just, I can just kind of touch on these briefly. But, okay. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on, Mr. Yeah. Green. I have, I have a, before yeah. you even go into these four pillars. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I have in the past dated men who I call professional transformers, right. You know, like yeah. they will come in, they know that they don't, they just want to play around, but they will tell you something different. They will do things different, make you believe, you know, yeah. and women, we can be very gullible in that, in that area, yeah. in that arena, you know? So, sure. um, you know, how, how also, how do women avoid that? Does the four pillars talk about that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Well, so the first, the first pillar is you're looking for a man who knows who he is. And mm-hmm. um, so what I mean by that is not that he's this self-actualized, complete human. It just means that he knows he knows who he is in the sense that he's learned from all of his pre- previous experiences what you know where he's at. He knows that he's ready for commitment. He knows that he's looking to have a family or not have a family. He wants kids. He doesn't want kids. He wants to live in L.A. versus New York. You know, he's clear. He knows what his limitations are, and he's not using them as excuses. So he's taken the wisdom and the regrets and all the things that we've all done from our past mistakes and whatever missed opportunities we all, you know, ultimately have, he recognizes what he wants. So it's really, he knows what he wants. And, you know, yes. and it's very obvious. He's not playing games. He's not kind of, you know, you can tell a man who knows who he is because there's no games. He's just straight up. It's smooth. It's a smooth process. Yeah. yeah. And if he says he's going to yeah. call you, he's going to call you. Yeah. And if, you know, he's not pretending to be this guy who, like, wants a commitment and wants this, wants that, and you never hear from him. It, you know, all of that, you just go with, with, 
the, the women that do get easily swept off their feet by men, you got to look at a man's actions and only that. You can't be charmed by the poetry and all of the crap that men love to bullshit. Just, to, to just be really careful of that stuff. Because if a man is consistent and, and shows up the way he's going to, that you can work with. So that's the essential. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So that's what we call a uh, man who knows who he is. The second pillar is what I refer to as a man who gets who you are as a woman and allows you to be that. He embraces you for that. Yes. So it, sa- it sounds like an obvious thing, but it really isn't that obvious. He totally gets who you are. You know, if, if you're a very independent, autonomous woman who wants to have a career, he's not trying to convince you you should stay home and be the housewife. Right. He accepts that that's who you are. Or vice versa, if you really want to be the kind of woman that's spending your time at home raising children, and that's really what you're dedicated to do, he's not, you know, guilting you into joining, going to get a job. Right. He's very clear that you, you've made it, you, you are who you are, and he gets it. The, the third pillar kind of just deepens this, kind of expands on it. And this is a quality that I, I think the women, when I say this with them, that this is where their, their eyes really get really big because they've probably never heard it expressed this way. But the quality I describe is a man who's one or two steps ahead of you. And what I mean by this is nothing to do with his education or Ivy League or any of that nonsense. It has to do with not only does he get you, but he's so clear in anticipating what you need before you having to ask him for it. That's, yeah. that's how tuned in this guy is. He really, right. he knows that what a woman is, is to feel special and to be seen and to be heard and to feel safe and to be cherished. He gets that. He's paying attention to what it is that you talk about that's important to you, what it is that helps you feel safe, what it is that um, really touches your heart. He's paying attention to that. Now, he can only do those things if he gets out of his own way. If he's a guy who's still self-absorbed and busy with his ego, he's not possibly going to be one, two steps ahead of you because he's still wrapped up in himself, which means he doesn't even cover the first pillar. You with me? See how this all yes, ties together? Yes, exactly. Right. It all ties together. Simple right. ABC. Yep. So he's always kind of like just, he just gets it. And you don't have to like spell it out to him like he's a moron. So that's kind of a nice thing, right? And, and right. women are always like, yeah, but do these men exist? I'm like, of course they do. Absolutely. Yeah. But you've got to make sure the minimum they have is the first pillar. Because if they know who they are, then they can for sure get what you're about. And they know what you're looking for. Like, is it a shock what women really are looking for? I mean, we will not figure this out in 2017. Right, it's exactly. Not, it's not, not a mystery. <laughs> right? Not a big mystery. It isn't. It really isn't. Okay, right. we're listening. Okay, and so the fourth pillar is uh, a term that some of your listeners might be familiar with and some might not. But the term is that he's a mensch. And what a mensch is, it's a Yiddish term that means he's a really good man with a good heart. So uh, let, me, let me qualify what that means. Yes. A good man with a good heart means he is the salt of the earth kind of guy who, if you've got kids, he can get on the ground and play with the kids. If you've got the grandparents over, he can have a very respectful conversation and adapt to the grandparents. He can just get out of his own way and he's personable. He's kind. He's gentle. He's flexible. I don't mean he's a chameleon and he's people pleasing, by the way, because he's got a backbone and he stands for who he is, but he's just, he's not rigid. He's not uptight and OCD and controlling. He's just cool. He's just easy to get along with. He's, you know, you can feel his heart, right? That's what a mensch is. doesn't mean he's a sap. It doesn't mean, you know, he's just a walkover by any means. It's not the same thing. He's strong. He's going to be probably stubborn and strong-willed as well, but just knows how to, you know, adapt himself to different kinds of situations and people. You know, he's not going to be all socially anxious and all uptight and I'm all these rules about what needs to happen. He's just chill. That's a mensch. That's just a good person. And by the way, here are some clues that you're with a mensch. 
he's kind and respectful of waiters and waitresses. He tips well. You know what I mean? He's not yes. trying to, he's not stingy and and like rude and obnoxious and entitled. So again, these sound like obvious things you should be looking for, but you 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 want to make sure that the the man as a woman that you're looking for or that you're in a relationship with for that matter is consistent in all areas of his life. He doesn't do what I call compartmentalize. You know, like one way at work and one way at home and, and yeah. living like this persona. Oh, my that all make sense? Yes. And those are the transformers that I talk about. And that's how a lot of men end up, you know, living a double life because they're with you a certain way. And then when they leave you, they're someone else, right. i.e. cheaters, you know, at the very minimum. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep, I get that. Well, you know what? That it was so tasteful and at the same time, simultaneously, so god darn easy. <laughs> right. That's why we make it four because they, they cover a lot. And by the way, I have an app. You can literally get it on the iTunes store called mm-hmm. Alchemy in Love. And yeah. if you, the, the app is really a four part kind of really deep audio program where I'm going into great detail about all of these. I mean, I'm just giving you a, a, a quick hint of it. But Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea, the second part is what I call the four layers of a woman. So the four pillars of a man, because that's what you're looking for. These are like foundational pillars. You've got to have this as the bare minimum, right? right. Women are not, not like big structures. Women are constantly flowing. They're multi-layered, you know, multifaceted. So that's why I call them four layers, because I think it's more like it. And, and this is equally for the man. Here's what you've got to be looking for in a woman. There it's, we not go. Just, it's not just for the woman. You've got to make sure as a woman... That, that there are qualities that a man's looking for once he is already a man and knows what he's ready, and that, that he's ready and what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. So you want me to go into these a little? Of course. You know okay. we have to take care of our men. <laughs> All right, you just tell me when you have a break coming up and I'll, yep. uh, I'll, I'll pause. But basically the first layer of a woman is the same. Same issue as with men. It's a woman who knows who she is. Same thing. All the same things I said. There's no reason that men need to, need to know that more than women. All right. So for sure women need to know who they are. All the same lessons about, you know, t- taking the, the lessons from past failed disasters that you and I both had and everyone has had and, and using that as wisdom to guide them, to learn from, not, mm-hmm. not to be victims of, right? All right. the patterns, all that kind of stuff. The, the second layer of a woman is a woman who knows what she wants, yes. you know? And, and, and again, these are simple, but you'll be amazed how many men that I work with are so frustrated that a woman never knows what the hell she wants. And I'm not talking about is she just being finicky about on the menu and food. Okay. I'm talking okay. about I'm talking about is she really is she ready for commitment? Is she not ready for commitment? You'll be amazed how many commitment phobic people are women too. Wow. You know? Okay. And yeah. cheaters too. Yeah. And they don't yeah. they don't know, you know, they 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 just don't know if they want to end the relationship. They don't want to know if they want to start a relationship. They don't know if they want kids. I have a lot of women around 30 years old who on some level think they don't want kids. They're not quite sure. I mean, they've got plenty of time to figure it out. But, you know, it, it, not all women are clear that what they want is marriage, family, kids, settle down. You know, right. not with all of the feminism going on and women who are, you know, getting the salaries that men used to get now. It's all, you know, women are very ambitious. They don't know quite what they want. So a man, you know, is pretty clear. He doesn't have the patience because he'll just unfortunately judge a woman that doesn't know what she wants as mm-hmm. being too much drama. That's just what right. happens. Yes, yes, so yes. So all, all we're saying is you're entitled to not want what he wants, but just make sure you figure it out before you go out in the dating world. Okay, well, Don't guess what? Go. Mr. Green, we're going to yeah. pause right there, and we're going to cool. come back with the four layers you know, to women because guess what? we got to cover that for the men as well. So you guys yeah. just stay tuned. We're going to be back with more of this yummy information from Mr. Green in just a minute. We're coming up on tune. Stay tuned with us so much more. 
stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention, ladies. Would you like to create a platform for your success? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Intelligence? A leader? Or trendsetter? What about a queen? Well, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant is looking for you to come represent your country. It's the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty and the first to do it globally. Come create value and make a difference while serving your community. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Beat the early bird deadline. Go to www.missindigenous.com. Apply now. This is the Tokenet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, we are back with Mr. Jamie Green, and we are, he's actually dissecting the four layers of women. With men, Mr. Green, it's pillars, and with women, it's layers. Yeah, exactly. And all, right. all, all I mean by that is that men, you know, it's it's kind of this foundational structure. And with yeah. women, they're, they're not, you know, they're all about layers. They're all always shifting and changing and flowing. You know, it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So we said, <clears throat> sorry, we said that the first two layers of a woman, one a woman that knows who she is, two, a woman that knows what she wants. Right. The third one sometimes also gets some eyebrows from the women, um, a woman who wants to grow. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. Now I want to, I want to qualify it because I don't mean to suggest men shouldn't want to grow. Of course they should. That's part of them becoming a man who knows who they are, right? Yeah. Um, but what I mean by woman who wants to grow is this. Um, what men get very tired of and don't have a lot of patience for are superficial, materialistic women. They don't have a lot of – they're not really turned on by that. Okay? So, and, and women sometimes get, get defensive when I say this as if I'm just dismissing women and being misogynistic. Of course I'm not. So let me – and by the way, this material came from hundreds and hundreds of women. This yeah. is women, actually. It's kind of like I kind of compiled it down at these four things, and this seemed to be my sense and what the women I work with over the years have validated. So I'm not just randomly coming up with stuff. Here's right. what I mean. 
the best way that I know women will understand what I mean is that you think about, as a woman, your girlfriends who you have, okay? Mm-hmm. And you think about over the years, some of your girlfriends who are stuck in their story. And they're stuck dealing with, all they talk about is, uh, you know, the shoes they're going to buy and shopping and just a lot of superficial bullshit, with all due respect. Yeah. You're just not likely to be that excited to spend that much time with them. You want, I know, a woman like you is going to a woman who want to who want to listen to your show, who want to be educated, who want to expand, who want to you know be be better leaders. They want to do more in the community. They want to be greater mothers. That's what men are looking for as well. Not yes. not 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 academically. They want a woman who's excited to grow because they want to grow along with you. Right. The whole point is that you want to grow together. Otherwise, as a couple, you're getting stagnant and getting stuck. So yeah. the whole point around this is a man is believe me is very savvy and aware when a woman is just busy dealing with shopping and what she's going to you know, put on the credit card and what she's going to buy on Amazon, and he's just like done with that. He's not just sum it all up, Mr. Green, the superficial bullshit. <laughs> right. Not into that. He's not into it. <laughs> right. That, that doesn't mean he's not going to be generous and wanted to, you know, to go out and get what she wants, but right. not when that's the focus of the conversation. Yes. Right. So, so growth, even for men, in their women is really important. And then the, the final layer of a woman is this is what men really, really want. They want you to have his back. They really want you to have his back, which means this, not stroking his ego, not agreeing with everything, but Mm -hmm. believing in him and pushing him out into the front and letting him manifest his true potential. Mm -hmm. It really is not about yesing him. That's not helpful. In fact, he wants you to call him out on his bullshit with love. Okay, But he wants to know that you have his back, which means you're supporting him to win around budget around decisions that you make together, around his business, that you guys are absolutely partners and you make decisions together. Look, in many ways, marriage is like a business. Right. Running a family is like a family business. And the decisions we make are business decisions most of the time. You know, it's less romantic and more business. Yes. <laughs> the challenge is how you keep the romance alive in the business, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's really important for him, this is what I hear all the time, is that I, it's probably the number one complaint in all the marital counseling I do is that she just doesn't have my back. And what it usually means is she's not supporting me to win. She's kind of like challenging me in the areas with undoing some of the progress we're making. A lot of it's around money, but some of it's around um, just decisions around, um, you know, whatever it is. Whatever it means to grow as a family, he needs to feel like she is championing him. And then he can go out and slay dragons and everybody wins. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. Because yeah. sometimes you have men. I've, now, I've had clients where the woman did not want to have his back because let's say he wanted to do something like be a rock star, Uh right? And right now he's not in a position to pull in any money, but they have children to feed. Right. How can a woman in that position have her man's back and at the same time help keep the sanity in the relationship? Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that's a great question. So again, that's why I say it's not agreeing with everything and it's not Mm -hmm. about not challenging him. Got it you. may be that that, that 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 guy that wants to be a rock star is being an adolescent and is deluding himself because he doesn't have the talent or the connections or the chance in the hell of being a rock star, in which case she needs to go, honey, get over it, sing in the shower, you need to get a job. That's fine. What I'm talking about is when there's a decision collectively that it makes sense. Here's an example. I have a, a couple I'm thinking of where they're both dentists, but she was qualified first and she was working as a dentist and she paid for him to go through dental school. Okay. Right. So she was working. She made a lot of great money. She paid for him to go through dental school. And that was years. You know, that will have a long that process is. That's not an overnight thing. 
And over five, six years, whatever it was, when he then qualified as a dentist, he then picked up the slack and then they had twins and she doesn't work. Which is, this is a great example of, right. of how it works. But she had his back. She, yes. she really had his back for a long yeah. time. She was the breadwinner. She worked hard. She put all the money into him. She believed in him. He didn't take advantage of that. He wasn't squandering the money. He wasn't a kept man. He was working his ass off getting his credential. He came in, you know, uh, later in the relationship, not quite sure what he was going to do with his life. And she was already really clear. Yeah. That's why yeah. she was already qualified as a dentist. It's that kind of thing. So that's yeah, a tasteful it's a relationships. Yeah. 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 That's a it's tasteful a relationship. I agree. 100%. So what do you think what sets a good relationship? And I don't want to use the word good and bad. I'll say a thriving versus an unthriving relationship. What do you think sets the, um, what do you think some of the, um, what sets them apart? Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, there's some core tools. This is something I also talk about in the alchemy and love. That's the, that's Mm -hmm. the, the the last section is what are the core relationship tools, right? And, and you, you need tools, you know, it's like once you found, a four-pillared man and a four-layered woman, woman yes. rather. You've got these two really healthy, mature people ready to go, and now it's like, okay, what the hell do we do with each other? Right. Okay. So now <laughs> it's a question of what, so what does that look like? Well, there's, there's some important tools about relationship. You know, one of the simple things um, that I ask, uh, suggest to couples is this, is that, you know, it's really important not to hit below the belt. Right. right? That's really important that, that no matter what, no matter – how intense, no matter how much we fight, that really what's important is to not turn on each other. You know, you yeah. always want it to be us against the world, not against each other. Mm-hmm. However romantic that is, let's go with that because yeah. that's not what happens in mm-hmm. well over 50% of cases, if not 75%. I'm sure, I'm sure that look, the divorce rate was 50% when I went to school 30 years ago. It kind of gotten any better, right? It, yeah. it must be up to 70%. Anyway, um, around this, let me give you an overview of what, what it looks like. So I, I have a concept I call, in terms of marriage vows, right? Mm-hmm. So you know how marriage vows don't really do the job, you notice? I agree 100%. Right. <laughs> so we know that marriage vows are bogus. They don't mean anything. So what if there was such a thing that I call a corrective marriage vow that actually would take care of it? Or even it's just a commitment vow. It doesn't have to be about marriage, but, but a vow of commitment, right? When two people come together, and it would sound like this, and this will, this will kind of answer your question in terms of, okay, well, how do you keep it going? How do you keep it alive? How do you thrive? So basically, it's as if we're saying to each other as we get into a committed relationship, it's like saying, look, I know early in the relationship, you say, look, I know that um, I enter into this relationship with all sorts of baggage that has nothing to do with you. All sorts of history, all sorts of stories about myself, all sorts of distortions, and it really has nothing to do with you. It preceded you, but I know I'm bringing it with me. And I know there's going to be times where I'm going to forget it's not about you, and I'm going to blame you, and I'm going to project it onto you, and I'm going to make it you, and I'm going to have this fantasy that you're going to take it away from me, and all those kinds of things. And so in those moments when I forget, I just need you to lovingly remind me, unconditionally accept me, knowing that I'm going to do the work to work it through, and I will do the same for you. Right? So right. if you have two people that recognize that inevitably we're going to trigger each other, we're going to push buttons, it's going to come up, trust is going to come up, intimacy, commitment, it's all coming up because that's just what happens. That's human nature. That's why we get together. It's a crazy thing. But that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So when that, when, that, when the shit hits the fan and that stuff comes up, rather than just blame and project and try to run away and make you wrong, we remind each other that we're exactly who we need to mirror this so that we can move through it. This is what I mean by really have each other's back. 
mm-hmm. not not throwing each other under the bus. Right. That's a really, really important thing to remember. I, you know, I, I marry couples every now and then. I just, I just married a couple a month ago. And um, and I, I, I always say this on at their wedding. I say it to remind everyone who's in the who's in the congregation, the friends and family who are who've been married to remind them. And I say it to the couple when they're deeply in love to remember this, that right now, you know, in terms of Kabbalah, there's a, there's a great nugget of wisdom from Kabbalah that teaches that it's not how much you love someone when you love them. It's how much you love them when you hate them. That counts. Oh, that is deep. I love the taste of that. Yes. It's the moment of when we forget and we go unconscious and we're in our triggers that's when all of the tools and all of the memory of being present is what it's about. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're not the enemy. We're just right. acting something out. That's what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest perspective shift I give couples is to remember that because everybody forgets. And all I do yeah. is remind them of that and show them that they probably meant that kind of a vow. It's mm-hmm. just probably not how it's turning out. Okay. This till death do your part never stopped anyone from almost killing each other. And all of this, I promise this and I promise that, never happens. But if you could promise yourself to stay conscious and aware and present, that could work. That could work well. Now, you know what? I like the taste of that. To so stay conscious, aware, and present. That yeah. is the antidote right there. <laughs> it's right there. That's it right there. And so many people forget that. So yeah. I'm so happy that you brought that up. Oh, my God. That is so important. Did you guys just hear that? All right. And you should be re- rewriting marriage vows. Uh <laughs> Mr. Green. <laughs> well, I, have, I, have, I have this corrective marriage vow on my website. You can go and check it out and you can you can take that and you know there's never too late to re redo a, a kind of a recommitment ritual with your yes, spouse. Uh, tell everyone. Place. Tell everyone again where they can find you. Oh so they can go to my website. Thank you. My website is jamiegreen.com. It's J-A-M-I-E-G-R-E-E-N-E. Jamiegreen.com. It's all there. My alchemy and love programs there. All this other stuff is there too. Oh, my goodness. How great is that? And you guys, guess what? We're getting ready to come up on tunes again. And when we come back, we'll just have a few more questions with Mr. Green. Um, You don't want to miss this. This is really good information. And you guys know that we bring you guys the best hosts, I mean, the best guests for the show. And you guys have the best hosts because we we look for them. (laughs) We are all about educating and empowering and keeping this love alive, we, we have to really figure it out, you guys, because, I mean, what are we going to teach our, you know, our offsprings, our heirs? I mean, goodness gracious, where where do we go from here? Because people aren't staying together, you know, and maybe, you know what, Mr. Green, when we come back, maybe we can talk about why people don't stay together. And we know sure. that it's because they're, you know, unaware and yeah. they're not, you know, dealing with themselves. So maybe we can kind of, you know, talk about that. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back with Mr. Jamie Green. Stay connected with DIEA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. 
Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Even though Halloween is my least favorite day of the year, it will be here soon. And having a strategy to not let it derail your healthy eating is a good idea. Weight Watchers says that there is really a trick to treats. You can stay on your healthy living plan, even though there is plenty of temptation around. They recommend to buy your candy late. Keep the temptation out of your house for as long as you can. Buy candy that you personally do not like. Have a plan for the leftover candy or the candy the kids bring home. Giving it away to your church or favorite charity is a good idea. But if you can't, then freeze it. It takes a while to eat a rock-solid piece of candy. Forgo the temptation to eat high-calorie, low-nutrition candy and stay on track. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear more fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, we are back with Mr. Jamie Green. Oh, my God. We talked about the alchemy of love. We also talked about um, the superficial bullshit that women, oh, my God, could actually bring into relationships. We talked about the four pillars to a man and the layers to a to um, a woman. So, you guys, if you guys missed some of that, know that this will be on iTunes and um, we will encore all of this information. And then also remember, if you guys forget, go to Facing Relation. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me back it up. Healthy Relationship Talk Radio Facebook group page because we will have this information video. So you get to see Mr. Green and you get to see myself a little bit. And yeah. then you guys will. I will also provide a link so you guys can. Um, tune in to the whole segment as well, because remember, you only get the last 30 minutes of the show via Skype, you know, so, you know, it is what it is. OK, so, Mr. Green, you ready? Because yep. we only have yep. 15 minutes. It's going to go by fast because you're giving such great, tasteful information. Cool. Let's do it. All right. So if we can, because, you know, sometimes women <laughs> will come into as as, you know, professional transformers. Mm-hmm. Right. Women would do the same thing as men, you know, men, I don't know. Do you think it's equally balanced that men and women both come, can come in, you know, with deceitful intentions? You think it's balanced or do you think one sex kind of do it more often than the no, other? No, I, I mean, it's a good question. I would say, I, I would say men are just slicker and less conscious and aware mm-hmm. around the deceit. But no, I th- look, let's just say this way. I don't know if it's about coming into people. I think people are very unconscious in terms yes. of what's keeping them from being present, what's keeping them from being authentic, what's keeping them from really showing up. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of people being maliciously deceitful. I think that's just, you know, a lot of it's just defense mechanisms. People are so blocked and shut down. This is one of the things, by the way, I talk about in the very opening of Alchemy and Love. Mm-hmm. Is I have like a, a different way of talking about defense mechanisms because I think it's really 
people misunderstand them, right? So yeah. I, I talk about defense mechanisms, the way that we protect ourselves as being something holy and sacred. Not okay. only why, because we don't come up with them. Our defense mechanisms, as a result of trauma, yes. are something co-created between the psyche and the divine, if you ask yes. me. Yes. So I have a lot of reverence for anything that's been created on that level, right? In the same way that you, you don't bulldoze your way through someone's defenses. Like you wouldn't rip the shell off a tortoise, for example. Okay? Right. A tortoise didn't design its own shell. It has this beautifully elaborate protective mechanism that when it's not safe, it goes into its shell. Our job is to develop the skills and abilities to coax out that tortoise with lettuce. So I'm, when I'm working with couples, I'm literally like, what's the lettuce that's going to bring each other out? Mm-hmm. Rather than just like insult each other for being shut down and blocked. Right. And sometimes people's defense mechanisms get very destructive and sabotaging, and that's what you're calling deceitful. But in many ways, it's a survival mechanism. Now, it doesn't mean they're ready for a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that if I'm acting out, I'm clearly not ready for a relationship. But hopefully the, the, the work that we do is, is helping us get closer and closer to really being ready. And by being ready, I mean, look, there's always fear. That doesn't go away. There's no guarantees yeah. in a relationship. That's but, right. But at least, at least I'm not um, actively putting barriers in the way of you getting close to me. There we go. Putting barriers in the way. There we go. Now, that was very tasteful. Thank you for the seasoning you're bringing on to the show. <laughs> nice. It's good to be tasty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's good stuff. And you know what? You said that. You said that very elegantly. So thank you very much. Sure. Um, so what do you think the art of effective communication is? Because I think and, and you know what? Let's go back to what you just said. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe it's not deceitful. It's just people being unconscious. And, and, mm-hmm. and I get that. So in a sense, it's, you know, it's something that has to be learned. Mm-hmm. We, have to, we have to be willing to, it's almost like teaching ourselves. That's the yeah. part of being conscious and aware. So what do you think the number one step is, you know, for people that who don't know how to do it, want to do it because they want a great relationship. They're tired of running into, or shall I say, being you know, the vicious person in a relationship or, or making dumb mistakes, because I do run across people, they go, you know what, I know I shouldn't have done that. That was such a stupid mistake. And I go, well, did you know you were doing it? Some of them will say yes. And some of them will say no. So those that says no, how, what do you think the very first step of becoming aware and conscious to walk in the steps that they would want someone to regurgitate back on them? Well, you know, we're li- we're a little bit limited by someone's uh, openness, willingness, and desire. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, one of the things I learned pretty early on as a therapist, probably five years into my practice, was I was a control freak like most people, and um, I don't think I'm that much of a control freak anymore. But but it was it was actually a relief to discover my limitations. Okay. R- yeah. Rather than feel like I'd failed someone because they fell off the wagon or they. They 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 bailed on therapy or they flaked on this or they went back to drinking whatever it is. I realized that the truth is I can't take responsibility for all of that. All I can do is open up my door and my heart and my wisdom and provide it all to those who have the desire to show up. If mm-hmm. someone doesn't want to show up, I can't do much for them. And that's right. a true metaphor for life. You can't really help someone who's not willing to be open or doesn't have a desire for themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Knowing that limitation, that's kind of a relief, actually. That yeah. There's enough burden we're carrying with our own stuff we've got to deal with. So knowing that I don't have to take that on frees me up to be, be completely available to those who want it. So it's literally going, okay, you don't want my help? Next. Yeah. You know? and, so, and that's true with your own partners. You know, it's not, yeah. we, 
we, we don't just walk away from our relationships, obviously, but you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that there's an opening to work with. We can only, like, for example, I'll give you a simple metaphor. If you go to a restaurant, your favorite restaurant, like favorite steakhouse or something, and you have five course meal and you're stuffed, right? You're like undoing your belt because you're completely, you know, bloated. Yeah. And, and the maitre d' comes along and says, hey, you know, you guys have been such great patrons. Here's a free steak. I'm like, dude, you can shove your steak. Where were you five hours ago? Right. <laughs> I'm completely right. stuffed. There's no appetite. Where there's no desire, there's no opening. That, oh if my I'm God. really hungry and I'm yearning, so this is about growing, these are the people that can't come listen to your show. The That's people right. who are hungry and want to learn and want to grow, they're the people that reach out to people like us. And they're the people that we can help because they're looking for mentoring. They're honest enough with themselves that they've got blind spots and they're stuck. They're not acting like they got it all together and they know what they're doing because they don't. And there's no shame in that. Right. You know, it's, like, it's so interesting how men in particular still have a hard time asking for help and see that as weak rather than that's just smart and resourceful. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Seriously. And you know what? That is the very beginning of understanding each other when you are in a relationship, you know. And men, I think that men do find it harder to mm -hmm. um, ask for help, mm -hmm. you know, and they, oh, here, here's it. Here is, oh, my God, I'm getting ready to tell you guys a story. I was with this half-witted man at one point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And when it came to our love sessions and men, I want you to listen to this because when a woman is telling you that there is something that she doesn't like, please pay attention. Don't tell her <laughs> that she should like it this way or that she should forget about, you know, what she wants. That's the number one. If you want to see, what do they call what, what, uh, Medusa? If you want to see Medusa come out, in any woman, you have that type of behavior towards her. But I was with this half-witted man where I tried to teach him about, not about himself, I tried to teach him about me, okay? Um, when I was going through something, here's, here's an example. I had tacos. I was eating tacos. I was in the mood for tacos. I don't know why I was craving tacos, but I was craving tacos with sour cream. He made tacos, and I said, oh, my God, there's no sour cream. I need sour cream on my tacos. You don't need that sour cream on your tacos. Just something this simple, okay? And he totally ignored my wishes. <laughs> so, of course, I almost became Medusa in that moment because I felt like he was, one, ignoring me. Two, he was being very careless. As he was really giving me, you know, letting me know that he was, that he didn't care, you know? So, to me, in, 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 in my eyes, I kept saying, okay, you don't, you don't care about me. It was that small little thing, just that, just that little small little thing where I'm just like, okay, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't, you know, and I got upset. Now I would love to ask my listeners, do you guys think that we're together today? <laughs> it's not. And Mr. Green, don't you dare judge me. I was not being superficial <laughs> on that situation. Okay. Totally it it. Was, you know, it led to a lot of other things when I tried to teach him about me. He just was not willing to listen. He thought that I should be a certain way. And I kept telling him that I wasn't. Well, you know? so let's, go, let's go back to the four pillars. Uh -huh. So you busy, you being busy having a teacher man shows you how far away he is from being one or two steps ahead. Exactly. Exactly. The point is that he's so far away. The fact you have to spell it out and he still doesn't get it. And he still doesn't get it. Yeah. That's not the guy. Right? And women go through this all the time. Thank God I went through that in my twenties, right? <laughs> I'll be damned if I go through it now in my forties. 
Right. Not at all, you know. So women and 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 I would like to say this to the young women because a lot of young women think that you know that they are in love and it's very hard for them to love this man because and some of them actually fought themselves. Some women think that they're not pretty enough. Some women think that they're not thin enough, and we can go back to the four pillars with that too, Mr. Mm-hmm. Green, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And 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 women too with the four layers because. You're lacking something there, and so is the man. So already there's conflict in that relationship. What are you going to do about it? Now, if someone is trying to get out of a relationship, here we go. If they listen to this show right now, Mm -hmm. Mr. Green, and they're like, oh, my God, and let's say that we sprinkled some common sense in their hairline, right? Yeah. What do you think the first step to disconnecting in a relationship, you know, when you work so hard and you put this time and effort in, you know, and you worked really hard and you go, Oh my God, I gotta get, I gotta get out of this relationship. What do you think the first step is? Well, what I always say to couples and I help a lot of couples separate, right? So I don't, I don't mean to be blase about this, but I'll say, look, the time to potentially complete a relationship is when you both can honestly say we tried everything. There we go. When I, I ask that question, nine times out of ten, that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is what is what is what else could we try? What else could be done? Well, getting some help, getting some guidance, getting some tools, getting some mentoring for sure. And then with the guidance and the mentoring, you're going to find that there's probably some ways to, to to discover to open up whether there's a desire to do things differently or be a little bit more compassionate or maybe. You know what I do? I tell you the litmus test for the women who I work with. I say if your boyfriend or your husband's Really open. Have him listen to my Alchemy Love app. There we go. And tell him and tell him one more time where we can find it because we're coming up in tunes in one minute. You guys, this is the end of the show. Go ahead, Mr. Green. You can go to the App Store. You can go to the iTunes. Go to the App Store, and it's Alchemy in Love with me, Jamie Green. Or you can go to my website, JamieGreen.com. That's J A M I E G R E E N E dot com, and you'll find all my material there, especially the Alchemy. Yeah, but it's so easy. Just download it on an app. Boom, it's on your phone. Easy. All right, you guys. Well, guess what? We're going to have to have Mr. Green back, aren't we? I know you guys are going to be sending me emails. But anyways, this is the end of the show. Same time. Same place next week. I am your host, Aia Six. You are listening to Healthy Relationship Talk Radio with Mr. Jamie Green. And if you need help, you guys got all the information that you need to contact him. Other than that, do you approve this message, Mr. Green? Peace and love. Bye bye. Same place as Daia continues to give practical tools for simple, healthy, face-to-face relationship living. Remember, relationships aren't hard if you have the proper tools to build you a solid foundation. Don't forget to visit FacingRelationships.com for further assistance. That's www.facingrelationships.com.